now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern-day Asian-American woman. I'm Janet. And I'm Mel. Hi, ABGs and ABVs. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing the Great Resignation. Mel, have you heard of this term? I actually have heard of the Great Resignation. Um, also, fun fact, Resignation is one of my favorite Korean songs, but oh. not related to this song. Huh? Um, <laughs> yeah, so the Great Resignation is an international phenomenon of massive amounts of workers leaving their jobs during the COVID-19 pandemic. According to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, 4 million Americans quit their jobs in July of 2021. Mm. And according to NPR, a record of 4.3 million workers in America quit their jobs in August. Damn, that's a lot of people. That is. Some people are referring to this as the workers' revolution, a mass revolt against bosses and companies regarding unfair pay, unsatisfactory working conditions, and not enough support for employees. Others say that the pandemic has caused people to pause and reevaluate their life priorities and question the value of what they're doing at work. According to a study conducted by LimeAid, an immersive employee well-being company, the top five reasons why employees quit were, one, burnout. I feel like I've heard that word so much this past year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the company going through organizational changes. Interesting. Yeah. Actually, this third category is, uh, is I guess, just like working conditions, um, lack of flexibility, instances of discrimination, contributions, and ideas not being valued. It was a three-way tie. Ooh, it's a lot of not so great things. Yeah. Uh, the fourth was insufficient benefits, and the fifth was well-being not supported by the company. Oof. Yes. And then uh, what the job switchers sought out in their new job, um, the first one is they're looking for the ability to work remotely according to personal preference. And honestly, I actually heard a lot of our friends wanting that as well. Yeah. The second thing they're looking for in their new job is better compensation. Mm. And the third is better management. Four, better company reputation. Five, better work-life balance. And six, flexible work schedule. This all sounds like things I feel like a lot of my friends have been sharing with me why they're looking for a new job. And yeah, I could see how during the pandemic, it's a lot of lines get blurred. Yeah, you know, and for Mel and myself, it's been now a couple of years since we've been in the workforce because now we're working for ourselves. So we wanted to ask our listeners to share their stories. And thank you to everyone who submitted. We had um, a lot of wonderful stories to read through. I went through all of them and it was actually really interesting to like see what everyone's experiences Mm -hmm. is like. Uh, But we asked three main questions. One was, have you thought about leaving your job in the last year? If so, why? Second question, did you or do you plan to ultimately leave your job? And if so, what are you up to now? And the third question, we wanted to know if you guys have any other thoughts on the great resignation. So we received a lot of submissions and after reviewing them all, it seemed like the overall takeaway was that a lot of people are experiencing feeling overworked Mm -hmm. and struggling to have work-life balance. 
Um, some of the different stories that we received were people taking this as an opportunity to change careers, which is kind of cool. Taking, you know, maybe like a challenging mm-hmm. situation and trying to find something good out of it. Um, a lot of people pursued other work for better growth, um, either more challenging work or to learn more. So they're like leveling up mm-hmm. as, a, as a result of this um, period. Some people went back to school uh, to kind of study other things. Um, and a lot of other people have different ways that they kind of coped with all of the stuff going on. So we're going to take the time now to share some of the submissions that came through. One that really stood out to me uh, is from a product designer in health tech. Obviously, because I worked in UX design before kind of going into Asian Bosco full time, mm-hmm. um, I was interested and I really related to this story. So to the question, have you thought about leaving your job in the last year? If so, why? Uh, this individual writes, yes, absolutely. I used to be in healthcare consulting and it was just so draining. The work never stopped and there were nights where my manager would call me at 10 p.m. and ask me to get online and help with the slide deck. It was exhausting. There was little to no work-life balance. Pre-COVID, I could handle it with leaving work in the office, but during COVID, the life and work lines started blurring. I also found that my teammates were not supportive and it was a really toxic environment. Additionally, I found that I wasn't all that excited about consulting and really wanted a job where I could design and be creative. My degree is in engineering, so I really wanted to go back to my design roots. And this person, when we asked, did you actually leave your job? They said, yes, I applied to so many jobs and finally got not just one, but three job offers at the beginning of June. I decided to pivot to be a product designer because that was the closest fit to what I wanted professionally. And I knew that exiting consulting would help with my mental health and work-life balance. It was a really hard path to get to where I am, but I'm literally so excited about having this job. I'm five months in and loving it. My teammates are awesome and I don't dread going to work every day. And some final thoughts from this submission. A funny story is that in my previous job, there were eight of us associate consultants, and we were all struggling. I was really the only one who was trying to form a community and reach out to others who were struggling with the work. Six weeks after I left, there were only two associate consultants left. My previous employer is even struggling to this day to find people to backfill our roles. So I definitely think this is the time to make those big career moves. Try something different. The power is with us now because we know what we want and we aren't afraid to ask for it. Damn. Dang, so much to uh, process here. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, I won't name your name for sharing your story. Um, I think it's great that you're able to identify that it was not acceptable to get mm. a call from your manager at 10 p.m. and to work on projects. Like, I know there's a lot of industries that do have crazy working hours. Yeah. I'm someone that, like, even though I work in social media, that is something that's like a not a that's a that's a red flag for me. Mm. There's kind of like. You post when you need to post. Like, that was a rule before for certain companies. And I remember one of my old managers, like, she was kind of a workaholic. So she'll message me and text me really late at night. I'm just like, it just gave me so much anxiety. Mm. So I feel like in that way, like, it just makes me question these, like, the industry or the manager. I'm just like, Mm -hmm. why are you, why are you doing this? Like, how important is is this project do? Um, And also, again, makes me wonder and question a lot about the working cultures and industries. Like, for example, I know advertising is notorious for a high turnover. Yeah. Um, They often always overwork their employees. And I know this because a lot of my friends work in advertising. And I had a friend that literally went to advertising, left, came back, left again because he realized, like, it just, it was so horrendous. Like, my old roommate would actually, he was the one that I was talking about. And he'd come home and be so burnt out. And all he had for dinner was kimchi. Oh. It was like a, well, 
I laugh about it now, but it was just, it's horrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I just think about, like, you know, is this a system issue? Like, a systemic mm. issue within this type of company culture or this industry? Or do some companies just lack some proper management structure? Yeah. You know, from my experience, like, um, I have also worked in client settings. Mm. And usually those are really high burnout environments. And what I saw in advertising is people would sometimes float back and forth between an agency mm. for a couple of years. And then they would go in-house for a more, like, balanced work life. And then they might, you know change back into an industry for a couple of years and and go back and forth. But, um, I loved that, that like this individual took the opportunity to recognize that they were not happy and then made a career switch out of it. Um, and you know what, like, I guess from my experience it's like, if you choose that you want to go back to consulting, maybe that's something you can do. That's true. Yeah. I mean, you you actually did do that, Jay. I did. To be honest though, I think just speaking from a very biased perspective and just learning about myself, I think I do better. And maybe this is just where I am in life. Um, to to have a more balanced lifestyle mm-hmm. right now. But I, I can see, I think early on in your career, there's a lot of benefits to working that grind. Yeah, you know? But yeah. I think it is very important that you recognize what's important to you. And one of the things that this listener submitted that really... Um, you know, stood out to me was that it wasn't just the work itself and like being called at 10, mm-hmm. being called up at 10 PM, but that the type of people at the work, mm, um, true. like having a toxic work environment or the, the, the behavior of the people really influences you. And I've learned from myself that that is like, if I'm around people that are feeling kind of like, like if it feels toxic, that will affect me. Yeah. You know? I also think it's a very clear sign how, there's like poor structure or management going on. Cause yeah. like if you were to, she looked back at her team and there's only two people left. Yeah. You know, yeah. it just feels like, okay, obviously people More aren't happy there. Something. Yeah. And the next person, she works in post-production. She said the work hours were too grueling. Higher ups were too demanding, unrealistic. And this is accumulating over several months and affecting my quality of life. Ooh. Was so burnt out, and with all the mental and emotional stress from the uncertainty of the pandemic, it wasn't worth it anymore. I am not a doctor. We aren't saving lives, and it's unnecessary to have that high level of stress all the time. Mm. She said, I left that large tech company where I was within the internal creative agency and went to a smaller studio. I took a pay cut, but I trust the people better, and they're actually trying to take care of the team and give people time off. Same industry, but the level of crazy is more manageable and fun. And her takeaway was, it totally makes sense for people to be in the great resignation. Nothing like a pandemic for you to have more time to reflect on how you're spending your time and energy and reevaluate what is and is not serving you in your life and goals. Felt the solution about the work and the role it plays in my life, and I'm more mindful about how much of myself I give to my career. Mm. In a lot of ways, maybe because she works in the creative space and in post-production, I actually felt like I could relate to her, and I saw the struggle a lot in a lot of my jobs. It's really hard to set boundaries when you're working in the creative industry because there's no, like, um, it's hard to pinpoint sometimes how long it takes you to do tasks, and I think there's a lot of egos, and mm. personal ties are connected in a lot of creative work because it's, like, their passion project, or there's, like, Sometimes when you critique creative, it becomes like you're critiquing them, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think about how this does affect like the team. Like imagine you're the person working on a project and everyone's touching your work. Like you're going to feel some kind of like personal tie, right? But the one thing I love that this person identified is that she valued a more balanced workspace versus a higher paying job, which honestly, it's kind of hard to recognize that. Yeah. I actually noticed that because my mom actually shared a story with me at a very young age um like early on um my mom was like telling me how she never wanted to take on a manager role despite being asked and being out of her company for 20 years and being offered more money she recognized how much money she needs to make to feel comfortable and that she's someone that 
cannot manage people and actually will stress her out even more. So she's happy with the position she t- she has taken on. So I feel like it's something that I think everyone should recognize. It's hard though because I, yeah. I think in a lot of ways, money is also tied with status and a way of yeah, living you want to yeah. live. So how do you even? I think it takes a lot of courage to recognize that and. I think it's great that this person has chosen to do that. I want to actually, like, I feel like you're describing your mom and I resonate with that so much. Yeah. Um, But I think as someone who comes from an Asian American cultural background Mm -hmm. and who has that achievement mindset, it is so hard to make that call. Yeah. I remember thinking, yeah, like between money and then also title, those are the things that you kind of like use to evaluate whether you're doing well or you're progressing your career. Yeah. Um, And I love that your mom was able to recognize like, this is what I value and this is what I want. And I, I, I try to do that, but I will even say like before going into ABG full time, I feel like I made that stake in the ground. And then because of the way that the industries work, sometimes the only way to progress in your career to get paid more yeah. or whatever is to step into management, mm-hmm. you know, um, I'm happy to hear that. I hear a lot of companies now are starting to kind of change that a bit. So mm-hmm. there's that, the route of being an individual contributor, um, it's still hard to, to say whether I think like it's being done successfully, but I, a, I feel not alone because I hear your mom's yeah. story saying that as someone from a generation above me. And then and then B, I love that I hear that this is also something someone below me in generation younger is, is mm-hmm. saying and that they're able to make it work for them. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think I'm, I'm, I feel lucky that I was able to learn that early on. I, I will say though, I mean, I feel for this person. I'm, I'm happy she's in a better place now, but like, you know, I, I used to work in creative companies before and I, I saw how difficult it was for like, even the department has to set boundaries for their team because everyone works differently. Yeah. You know, it's like, I think in, when I, when I, it's also another good thing to evaluate, like, how do you work properly? Do you like working project by project mm. or are you okay with having more a system in place where it's just like kind of like the same thing every, every month, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think it's good to under to spend some time recognizing what works for you. Yeah. You know, the thing you're talking about with creative work and it being challenging because of like mm-hmm. personal like egos involved, yeah. I saw that in the advertising industry. And one of the things that I liked about UX design was that it's creative, but it's easier to be more emotionally removed from it because you can kind of better mm. critique like, is it working? Is it not? Right. Versus it. So versus kind of like, I think things that are a little bit more subjective, yeah. it's like hard to measure if it's doing well or if, or if it's like what is off about it. So yeah, it's definitely, it's a bit of a craft thing and also maybe some of the culture and and just like the personalities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know about you, but it feels like a lot of my friends are now getting on that baby train. If you have a friend who is also expecting or have little ones still in diapers, I always recommend Pampers Swaddlers. With Pampers Swaddlers, you can also rest assured that this diaper will prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blowouts. Swaddlers has dual leak guard barriers at the legs to help protect where leaks happen most. And they have a blowout barrier, which is an innovative back pocket built into the diaper to help prevent those messy leaks up the back. Did you know that on average, babies will use up to 8,000 plus diapers before becoming potty trained? That is a lot. That's why Pampers Diaper Stash is the hottest baby gift for 2024. So give a gift to a loved one that says, we see you and we've got you. Pampers Diaper Stash is an online diaper fund that all parents with little ones will love. You can organize friends and family to contribute to a group gift of an online stockpile that never has to run out. Pampers Diaper Stash is great because it takes the guesswork out of choosing what size and how many diapers to gift. It's so easy to do, and it's the gift that always fits. 
The next submission comes from someone who works as a project analyst accountant for a civil engineering firm. This person writes, yes, the work is boring and not fulfilling. I do like my manager and the people I work with and the pay is fair. Okay. So we don't like the work, but pay and people. Those are pluses. Uh, this person says, I recently asked my job to reduce my hours to 20 hours since I just started my own meal prepping business. Oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. I was transparent about why I wanted part-time and exactly how many hours I needed to work to still get benefits. I have a work mentor who I consulted before asking my manager for this request. My work is still working out the details of this transition, but I did let them know I would look for a new job if they couldn't accommodate my request. I think there are options besides completely resigning if you either like the people you work with or the work itself. I've had many toxic work environments, so I know how mentally taxing that can be. At my current job, my manager and the people I work with are nice and professional, which is why I asked to reduce my hours instead of just leaving. Shoot, if I had a shitty manager like my last job, I would have just left and given them zero options. Hmm. I actually not personally resonate with this person's story, but just to give you guys context, I do live in a house with two people. I live mm -hmm. with a couple, Aaron and Dar. Both of them work in advertising. So I get to see how, I guess like being a fly on the wall, how they're living their day-to-day -day as someone who works in corporate. And I love this alternative. And I think it's so smart how she approached wanting to step away from her job, but without fully quitting. Because I think people automatically think, I'm going to leave my job. Like I'm going to yeah. quit. Um, but I really want to share like my roommate Darlene's story really quick. So Dar, my, my roommate of five years, she's been working at an advertising agency for around like four or five years, ever since I knew her. And she's been wanting to pursue dance for the longest time. She's always mm -hmm. did dance classes, teach, taught dance, was competing on teams. So similarly to her, she also wanted to spend more time on her side thing. She asked her team, because she's been on her team for so many years and her manager trusts her. To, she actually asked them for time off. And they said, let's change your role from a full-time role to a contract part-time role. So to this day, she's still working for the same company, same department. Because I think at that point, after five years of working, you're actually so valuable to your yeah. team. You know a lot of stuff that exactly. the company would have to retrain someone else for. Exactly. So I, she works for them part-time as she does dance, you know, the majority of her time. I saw the difference of how even having a part-time role has alleviated a lot of stress for her in terms of finances because she still has to buy food. She still has to pay rent. And I think now with this kind of like alternative option, she's able to like, I guess like be a little bit more stress-free about it. So I think this is a great alternative for people who are looking to, you know, maybe spend more time on their, um, their, their passion project or, or a skill set they want to lean into. Ask your company if they're willing to do contract roles. And for a smaller, lower amount of hours. Yeah. I think this is a great, to your point, Dar's example is um, awesome. I love it because it's like a way to pursue a passion project, but then also feel like to, to hold on to some financial stability, yes. right? Have you heard of the term rage quit? No, but I can kind of assume what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Someone is just like, it's fed up and then you like uh, throw the papers away or whatever. And you like, you know, march out and be like, I quit. Yeah. So yeah. Like I think, you know, people usually think about like getting so stressed out and you're like, oh my God, I can't fucking take this anymore. Mm -hmm. And then you just like, I'm just going to leave, you know? Yeah. But uh, that there, knowing that there are other options is really important for people to understand. It's good to know that you have options, but I think all, also how you execute this can be really important, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like our sum, uh, submitter, they said that when they came to 
to their company with this proposal, they were firm. They said, I will look for another job if you mm. cannot accommodate. I think with Dar's situation, if she's like talking to her manager, like being, um, maybe being more open like that, but know that it kind of depends on the culture of your work. So mm-hmm. if your work is like pushing back and you're like, I don't think we can do that. You can also be like, hey, that's fine. I can go look for another job. Yeah. And then because you are valuable mm-hmm. to them, because you know that information, you know. That's true. Something to keep in mind. I want to add something to this um, portion because, I mean, Jan and I talk a lot about work still. I know we don't work corporate anymore, but I will say that like a lot of experiences from corporate has definitely benefited us now with ABG. But it kind of, it just jogged a memory of mine. I remember when, um, before we actually, all three of us like took the leap to ABG, you were actually, you quit your job first. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, you're like, you know what? Since I do have extra time on my hands, I'll work on ABG part-time. But you're also looking for also part-time work in UX because I think one thing that's also important, especially for people who, you know, have a strong skill set or like worked in corporate for so long and you're like now jumping to maybe a a whole, whether it's a passion project or maybe a new industry, I think for you, Janet, Amber, it was really important for you to still be like exercising the UX skill. Yeah, yeah. There is there is a fear of like not a fear, but um, knowing that if you're out of the job market for too mm-hmm. long and not exercising that skill, it could be um, it's a it's a negative thing, right? So I guess yeah, like one way to kind of balance like pursuing a uh, a passion project is to also um, kind of do some freelancing on the side, or in in Dar's case, working part time or whatever that might be. Um, I just like that there are other options versus just like rage quitting and pursuing your passion because I feel like that narrative is so widely available Mm. and it's just not the only way to do it. I totally agree with that. So this submission, her story begins with, actually, it's the end of 2019. I was working as a social media manager in mainland China. I was burnt out and I had to do work 996, which means she starts work at 9 a.m. and ends at 9 p.m. and working six days per week. Damn. I don't know if I, I was like, dude, what? One day I felt my life is full of sadness and I just couldn't be happy anymore. All of my coworkers are working like this and I thought it's, it was meaningless. I couldn't sleep well, I got a bad diet and I even got depression. So I decided to quit my job and I told myself I need to do something to change my life. With that in mind, she started to learn English, took the IELTS, applied for uni. She flew to Sydney and got her master's degree. And she says, now I am working in Sydney as a graphic designer and I love my current company a lot. Um, Her takeaway from this is that I'm from a small town in China. As a Chinese person who never lived in an English-speaking country, I'm actually very proud of myself for making this decision and making it work. I put a lot of efforts, and this great resignation gave gave me more of a chance to live in a different country and change my whole lifestyle and mindset. Wow. I was really moved by this story, too. I mean, I think it made me think about, like, for all the career transitions I've made, I haven't gone to another country and had to learn another language. Mm. Like, that is so much grit and so much, like, um, just, like, admirable uh, passion that you went through. Um, And it kind of made me reflect on, like, that was kind of like what happened with my parents too, oh, you know? Yeah. So it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a interesting play, but yeah, damn, what a boss. I know. I mean, personally for me, I resonate with the story because I, I mean, similar, you know, backgrounds in social media, but I feel like this pandemic has made me think a lot about alternative ways of how I can bring in value to ABG. And it relates a lot to spending more time in different countries. I think everyone knows it's been on my mind to like wanting to explore or like Taiwan or be in Asia. And I think for me, she's an example of like, like, this is like a win, 
winning like mm. scenario that I like, oh, if someone can, she can do it. Like it's, it's a possibility. Yeah, yeah. And I think for me, another thing is that I feel like sometimes when I hear people who travel and like just start a fresh life, uh, it just makes me think that the possibilities are endless mm. and we can really create the life that we want. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I also think the fact that she was able to expand her options from like, she was in China. She didn't think of, I want to go to a different city in China. She's like, no, I want to go to Australia. Yeah. It sounds amazing. And I will also acknowledge, like, obviously every country has their own working culture. So it's also big props to her to, like, navigate these different, like, cultural working scenarios. That's true. It's not just language. It's, like, how the people are and all the nuances and the behaviors. Exactly. Yeah, and what work culture is like there. Yeah. And I also want to add to this is that, you know, again, like, I've been wanting, having an inch myself. I've been getting a lot of DMs about people during this time who have traveled and they've gained so much personal like inspiration. Mm. So I think if that's something maybe you're looking into or you're needing a spark like I am, I think maybe you could look at travel as a way of like, if you're at work or you could have the opportunity or chance to be in a different place and that helps you in the long run, I think we could, that's a good option for us. This next person is a product manager in technology, previously a software engineer. This person writes, yes, the pandemic really made me think about what we value in our jobs. I was going into a new software engineering job in early 2021 after spending about four years at my last one. I was so excited to be recognized as a senior at this new role. But when I got there, the lack of diversity was astounding. Mm -hmm. I'm talking every single person was a male, 20 years older than me. I saw a lack of flexibility work goals wise and was asked to work blatantly different work hours than what I was originally told. I quit eight days later. Am I crazy? Maybe. Would I have ever done this a couple of years ago? No way. I found a level of confidence and willingness to stand up for myself. It's honestly one of my proudest moments. Despite it being a terrifying decision to quit and not have a plan as I'm used to, I did quit. I took a couple of months away from corporate, soul searched, thought about where I wanted to take my career, and now I've pivoted from software engineering to a product manager role at Microsoft. Um, and now I'm ultra careful about potential red flags when job hunting. It's really a lot like dating. Oh my God, mm. go into this for a lot. <laughs> in terms of, uh, you know, this person's thoughts on the great resignation in general, they say, I'm so glad it's happening. We've been selling our souls to corporate for generations and the level of soul sucking that a job can be has only gotten worse. This is our chance to stand up for ourselves and negotiate what we deserve. Also, I'm noticing a huge push toward pay transparency. Educating myself on negotiation strategies worked heavily in my favor. I'm now making two and a half times what I used to years ago. Yeah. That's a huge deal for a woman in tech, and I could not be more happy and excited to help others around me realize their worth too. Wow. So many things in this story. First of all, I want to say that I relate to the aspect of being sold a job, and then when you get there, it's different than what you anticipated. Mm. And it kind of, it's interesting that she compares it to dating. I remember at one of my jobs, um, when I interviewed, one of the big, big reasons why I took the job was because I thought I was going to be working pretty closely with a particular individual and getting a lot of, like... Um, getting a lot of mentorship. I thought that I was not going to be traveling. I thought their office was going to be moving closer so my commute would be cut down. And none of those things ended up happening. And it wasn't necessarily because the, the company, you know, mm -hmm. like, uh, uh, like purposefully did those things, but just it happened so that what I had been sold was not what actually happened when I got in, right? Mm. So I like that this individual recognizes that and 
and is able to then make a change. Because I think I struggled a lot with like, well, maybe it's me. I need to adapt, you know? Mm. And I had a lot of friends who were like, no, you got to remember why you took this job. And if it's not what it is, you know, when you thought, when you made that decision, that's a good reason to consider leaving. Yeah. Um, and I will say, I know that quitting after eight days sounds like it's like not a good thing to do. But if you go in there and you know that it's not going to be a good match, better sooner than later. No, I totally agree. Um, I feel like it's just, I think we're just taught like in the, like, working at a job like oh you have to stay a minimum like even 10 months to a year and you just don't you just have to put up with it right yeah it actually reminds me of uh, my other roommate Aaron I live with two corporate working people um he actually like got this new job a new title and like he got like a big title bump and like started this job and I remember at like maybe a month or two afterwards he'd be sitting at dinner he's like y'all I'm like really stressed out Wow. And I was like, he's like, I have so much anxiety. And he was like, I'm actually thinking about quitting. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, like, you know, I know it's only been so, like, it's been so short, but I don't know if I could handle this anymore. And so for me, I think it was really interesting for me to, to see him evaluate what was working for him, what was. And he was like, I don't like my clients in mm-hmm. advertising. He's like, I don't enjoy this at all. He was like, after dinner, I'm like literally waiting on the couch for my computer to ring. Oh. I was like, that's not a fun experience. Yeah. So I do think in the end, when you know what you want, what you deserve, just you, I think it's also fair game for you to leave. Yeah. You know, I think at that point, you're also understanding your worth. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I, yeah. And I liked how this person talked about pay transparency too. Yes. I know that there's a lot of different platforms now where people are openly sharing um, their salaries. Mm-hmm. It's so that their peers can have a fair shot and understanding, yes. right? And that companies have to then address address those needs. Yes. And I, I, you know, it's really interesting too. So when she mentioned how we've been selling our souls to corporate for generations, I don't know. So I had this, I, I kind of pulled back a bit and I listened to this other podcast by Jay Shetty and it was, it was an episode about peace. And it just made me think about the American culture a little bit. And he was saying like, if you were to rank all the countries from like whatever, America ranks like 130, 150 in terms of happiness and peacefulness. Mm. And I'm just like, I wonder why. And it makes me think about the corporate culture a little bit and how like, why are we on this like train to like, like I think it's, maybe it's the hustle culture that all of us are bought into or taught. But part of me is like, how detrimental actually is that for our mental health? Yeah. You know? Yeah, you know, I was reading an article on, I think it was Wired, and they were talking about how everyone's speaking about the great resignation as if it's a work problem. They said it's really a mental health problem, mm. or it's a work-life balance, or it's a value problem, right? And that's, yeah. um, and I, I very much uh, agree with that. I think that it's, you know, work culture in the U.S. is, is unique. Um, and I, I guess I'm wondering, like, work culture in the U.S. is definitely... Um, it's been a grind for the past like however many decades, right? Yeah. And I think there's definitely a shift coming. And I kind of am curious like what it's like in other countries. Yeah. It's hard because like I have f- friends and family that like live in Asia. It's not even better. Yeah. But yeah. I know like other some countries in Europe, they just seem so much happier. Mm. But I don't know if, I, I wonder it's, what is their work-life culture like, like there, you know? Right. How, how's the pay, is there pay discrepancy and like, what is the breakdown of like the diversity? So I, I don't know, I've just been thinking a lot about that because I'm just like, I just feel like maybe in general, like the U.S. has been dealing with a lot with the pandemic. No, I mean, every country has, but I think we've been reacting in a way that I feel like it's very, you can see there's a lot of pain in the people who live here. Mm. So I'm just curious to see like, like is the work culture, whatever, also tie with the level of peacefulness we're actually we're actually gaining here. Um, because I'm in, I'm on some peace. Yeah.
Let's face it, 2021 wasn't easy. The anxiety and uncertainty from the pandemic continue to call for restless nights. Luckily, I've had my Luna blanket to soothe me to sleep. According to Cedar sinai the amount of shut-eye adults need for best health is 7 to 8 hours a night, and my weighted blanket has definitely helped me get there. Shop from one of Luna's many colors and weights. For single sleepers, the 15-pound weight is perfect. 20 pounds or more is great for couples. Get the rest you deserve by implementing Luna into your bedtime routine. Your REM cycle will thank you. Go to lunablanket.com and take 10% off with coupon code ABG. That's lunablanket.com and 10% off with coupon code ABG. As an entrepreneur, I'm always looking for ways to get our team in one place and efficient ways to project manage. With hybrid work becoming the norm, the strongest teams have two things in common, speed and alignment. Both come from having one hub where everyone can share work and processes, manage projects, and collaborate with clarity. For companies of all sizes, Notion provides one central and customizable workspace that can be tailored to fit any team and bring all teams together to get more done and move faster. With powerful integrations and seamless navigation, you'll have everything you need in one spot so you can make speed your advantage without the silos and context switching that slow companies down. Find out how Notion may be the missing piece your team needs to grow, get more done, and delight everyone who uses it in the process. Learn more and get started for free at Notion.so. You can check it out on your own and invite as many folks as you want to see how it works. Take the first step towards an organized, happy team today, again, at Notion.so. You know, now with ABG, we're no longer, you know, working for corporate companies, but now we have the hat of manager, or is that something I like, I want to own? Hearing people's stories about burnout and like, I guess like company structure and culture, it just, it makes me think a lot about how we manage our own ABG team. And I'm hoping I'm doing a good job as a manager because hearing a lot of these stories, it realizes like my fear is that like one of my fears as a manager is to overwork my team. In the past, I've had managers that honestly did not care about the people, and it definitely hurt the team's morale. And I just saw how that actually broke the company departments up sometimes. Or like in the end, I saw people leaving because they just weren't being taken care of. But they're so talented, and I just think that's just such a shame. And I just hope that you know these are things I experienced as an employee, but now as a manager, I want to make sure that I'm not that's not happening to my team now, mm-hmm. and our team is feeling balanced. As tough as this transitional period can be for a lot of people, I really, really hope people are coming out of it with more clarity and options for a more fulfilling life. Yeah, I agree, Mel. I think as someone who has been in um, both work cultures that were more like results focused and less like people focused and um, and where that was the culture and that was accepted, uh, and then also in cultures where the people were valued as well. I will say, maybe this is me being the balancer, but I'm like, I think there's pros and cons to mm. both, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I agree with you that like, uh, I think that regardless of which culture you think is a better fit for you, this experience is making everyone consider what is important to them. And reading through our listeners' stories, it makes me incredibly proud to hear that people are taking this as an opportunity to develop and grow and change. Um, and also, it makes me really inspired that people are finding ways to creatively solve the problem of not being happy at work. Mm, I agree. I have a question for you, Jay. Mm-hmm. I think as we're you know, thinking about the great resignation, I think obviously with ABG, we're not leaving. Um, but I think when I am around people or hearing stories of people evaluating their life, and 
asking what fulfills them. Have you ever thought about that for yourself or like an alternative, I guess, life? Like, I'll give you an example. So I think as much as I love being part of the workforce or, you know, doing ABG and running my company, like I do enjoy how fulfilling it is deep down. But I think sometimes I also, I I have this curiosity of living a very, very slow place. So slow paced life. Like I used to talk with the twins and, and think about like, how would it look like if we just literally got a hut or like a small little house by the beach and just surf in the morning and just, that was our day and surfed and just read and that was our day. Like yeah. That was it. Yeah. I mean, that sounds beautiful. Um, I think for myself, to be honest, like I'm still thinking about ideal ways of work and uh, I think I've, I've been we've been pushing and pushing with ABG, which has been great. And it's been incredibly like rewarding to have the opportunity to have work to do, I think, and to to be kept busy. But it does make me think about like, you know, what are the different ways that I can manage my work lifestyle? Do I want to maybe, you know, be someone who just every couple of months I take a break and then maybe I go away and I go off grid for like a week and I do a little bit of a retreat and then I come back and I'm refreshed. Yeah. And that has kind of been the way that I've operated at my work right before we went full-time with ABG. And you can even see, I kind of carried that through in the last year. Like I will kind of like go for a couple of months and then I'll need like a little bit of a refresher. Mm -hmm. Everything and everyone changes. And it is now making me think about like, well, what is, what does work life mean to me? And, uh, you know, to be honest, I don't really know. I think right now I'm at a place where I'm, we're about to enter the holidays and I take, I'm taking this as my opportunity to kind of, um, go into my metaphorical hut, I guess, (laughs) or take some time to kind of like unwind, refresh, decompress, really process everything that has happened this past year, um, and come out stronger and, I don't know, not as a new person, but like, <laughs> maybe more inspired. Or yeah. Thank you for that word. I think inspired is a really, really big one. I've noticed that, um, you know, when, when I am feeling, um, stressed out, I can't be inspired. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, uh, that I'm, I'm already feeling like, you know, now that we're at the end of the year, it's like we're unwinding, but I definitely feel like this past year I was, I think a lot of people were just stressed out. And so yeah. it's really hard to feel inspired when mm-hmm. we are in that state of mind. No, I agree. So given, I mean, this has been like, you know, a changing trend that's kind of prompted by the pandemic and happening. Uh, Do you think this is going to like last for a while? Or like, what do you think are the long-term effects? I think for the time being, I can see how this will be the trend, especially with people working from home. I think if companies and individuals are having a harder time setting work boundaries, burnout is bound to happen. And I think this is both on the company employee though, and the employee, because I'm hearing a lot of, my friends talk about how boundaries are being blurred because they're working from home. And, you know, sometimes they work, they work more actually at home because there's, it's hard to like set hard times to like sign off and things. Everyone works at different times. Um, but it's going to be hard because I think it's, it's on the company to be like, Hey, like making it very clear, like don't work out through this time or just so, like just being clear. But it's also on the, the individual to know when to stop working. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah I think right now it's going to be a trend. I really like that you said it's a mutual 
it's responsibilities on both sides. Mm-hmm. And I will be one of the, someone to, to say that I am that employee, uh, I have been, and I found myself leaking into that type of behavior in the past year of just always working and always being on. It is the responsibility of the employee also to put up those boundaries. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's definitely a very, very good way to look at it, that it's not one person or the other, it's both parties having to like make a change mm-hmm. and, and adapt. Um, the other thing about this trend that, I think is really fascinating that we've heard from our listeners is that the job market is pretty hot right now for certain mm. people. So keeping look, thinking about all these people that have like changed their jobs to level up, like if you're in such a position, you know, maybe that's an opportunity. Yeah. Thank you everyone for submitting your stories. We're curious to see how things will change in the workforce in the coming months. Um, and maybe we'll do another episode to follow up. And yes, like Janet mentioned earlier, this is a time where it can feel very kind of rocky because you're kind of reevaluating your needs and wants and you have to learn how to vocalize them. And so even though it's difficult, at the same time, I do believe that this is a time that's necessary for us to really truly understand our values and how that could set your your goals and motions forward. So we wish you luck during this time and feel free to message us if you have like stories to share or if you need a little bit of a confidence boost, we'll try our best there. But Thank you again so much for the people that submitted their stories and we wish you all a happy holidays. If you don't already, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review and share this episode with your friends. You can also support us through monthly donations at anchor.fm slash support or get some merch at asianbossgirl.myshopify.com. If you resonate with today's episode, let us know in the comments of our IG post. If you'd like to put faces to our names, you can find us on YouTube where we share vlogs, an audience Q&A segment called GRBG, and much more. Our handle on both platforms is Asian Boss Girl. And here are our shoutouts for today's episode. Coming from Chino Hills, California, Michelle is wishing a happy birthday to her sea star Allison. Thank you for being the best auntie to our pups, Milo and Coco Bear. From Maggie to her little sister, Jennifer, in Seattle, congratulations on your engagement. Andre and I can't wait to see you in person. From Kiyomi in LA, California to her sister, Emmy, congrats on finishing your first quarter as an RA. Can't wait to see you at home for the holidays. And from Atlanta, Georgia, Deborah is sending a message to anyone listening who may be going through a hard time. Know that you're not alone. I'm cheering you on because I know we can get through this. Ugh, love that. Thank you, Deborah. From Destiny to Star in Sacramento, congrats on finishing another semester of pharmacy school. Love you. From Mandy in Boston to Vianisa, I will always be proud of you for handling every obstacle in your way with grace and patience. Our grandmas will always be watching over us as we go through this life together. Oh. Got chills on that one. From Crystal in Sacramento to Athena, a huge shout out to my bestie Athena for completing her first full marathon. Wow, you worked so hard for this and I hope you're proud of yourself. From Emily to Venus in Chicago, happy birthday Venus, wishing the very best for your 30th birthday. If you want to send a few words of encouragement or a shout out to a friend, check out the link in the show description and our link tree and our link in bio on Instagram and click on shout outs. We've also created a listener survey. We are so grateful to be able to continue making episodes for you all over the years. And we want to know what you're liking, what you want more of, what we can improve on. So if you'd be so kind as to click on the link in the show description and let us know your thoughts. And last but not least, thank you to our super talented editor, Michelle, for working all her magic on our episodes, including this one. And we'll catch you all in the next episode. Bye. Bye.